The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles and San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, as well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you would like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world with a sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Kali for over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continue the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, since wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. We start our program this morning with a most appropriate selection for our Christmas season by our church choir under the energetic direction of Emilia Hahn. Yes, that long-awaited moment of victory foretold by God's prophets long ago had finally arrived. That long-awaited promise by God of His only begotten Son, 
Our Lord Jesus Christ entitled, He is Here. The choir will be accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Rose Bahaku Carter on the organ. We welcome one and all to sing along with our church choir following the words on your TV screen. Coming up next will be our church band under my direction to play a festive Christmas rendition entitled A Carol Festival.
We now call upon our soloist, Tracy Asano, with a warm and touching rendition entitled, Rose of Bethlehem. Tracy's song depicts the presence of our beautiful Savior's arrival, which filled the air with the warmth of hope and love. Her comments will be Mason Asano Sr. and trusty associate pastor Evansfield Sr. on the guitar, associate pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Hannah Asano on the cello, and Edith Matsuki on the piano. Oh, <laughs> 
The church choir will now sing the rhythmic and touching number entitled, The Little Drummer Boy. We now call upon the talents of Rose Pahaku Carter to play a wonderful Christmas favorite, Away in a Manger, on her banjo.
The next group of talented youthful singers, the BA Degrees, will present that uplifting song, Go Tell It. We would like to dedicate this inspiring song to a very faithful sister in Christ, Ms. Rose Pohaku Carter. Sister Pohaku, as she is fondly called, has been serving the Lord since her youth. She has been involved in God's work throughout the years and continues to do so in every aspect of her life. Her genuine love for Jesus shines brightly through her works and good deeds, which can only come from her heart. Though she carries various titles in God's work, it is her heart and love that will ever be recognized by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God bless you, Pahaku, and well done. Good morning, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California 
that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in South California and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada, and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. From 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At Okamiki Branch Church, located at 1361 Pololo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches, as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Elveria in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter Aitinloa in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawain, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to spot these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Are you aware, TV viewers, that the name of Jesus is above all other names in heaven and earth? Thus, one way, the apostolic faith, Mother Church, and its branches have lifted the name of Jesus is through their signs situated above the rooftops of every lighthouse or main structure of worship which say, Jesus coming soon. In every telecast message and every sermon preached at our churches, we never fail to exhort the name of Jesus and its necessity in fulfilling the only correct, true, and complete way to salvation as planned and commanded by God. It is my heartfelt desire that today's sermon entitled, How to Recognize the Messiah, will lead and guide you to believe the gospel and reach out to Jesus. We read in Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, Verses 4 through 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul 
and with all thy might. In the New Testament, Jesus called this the great commandment. Satan crept into the church and blinded the people to this truth. And when they were blinded to it, it wasn't long before they stopped baptizing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by immersion. Today, it takes revelation from the Holy Ghost in order to see the truth about the Godhead. For these days find us in the midst of the perverting of much of the Holy Scriptures. Let us read what Paul tells us in Colossians, the second chapter, verses 9 and 10. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. In other words, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost dwelleth in Christ Jesus. There are three manifestations but one God. Would it be possible for the apostles to be led astray from the direct commandment of the Lord and instead baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? Surely they would have found themselves in willful disobedience. They knew what the name was. There isn't one passage in Scripture from Genesis to Revelation where souls were baptized in any other way but according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Common sense tells you that the book of Acts is the church in action. And if that was the authentic and sanctioned mode of baptism, then that should be the authorized way of baptism for us as well. Now, if you think that is strong, what do you think of this? <clears throat> Anyone who was and is not baptized in the name Lord Jesus Christ had to be rebaptized. Read in Acts 19, verses 1 through 6. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. Finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then? Were he baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Those baptized by John the Baptist had to be re-immersed, for although he baptized them unto remission of sins, there was actually no remission until Christ died in our stead. For without shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sins. Paul, by the Holy Ghost, quoted Peter's exact words from the day of Pentecost and used the name of Jesus Christ. Examine the scriptures, and you will find 
that baptism in the name of Jesus is the only correct formula for baptism today. Let God be true and every man a liar. Thus, the disciples of Apollos were rebaptized in Jesus' name. Apollos taught them as much as he himself knew until two of God's peculiar people, Aquila and Priscilla, took him aside and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. <clears throat> I'm afraid there are many Apollos in the world today who need to be born again the correct way. When we baptize in the name of Jesus, we are fulfilling Matthew 28, 19. There is no promise of remission of sins or the promise of the Holy Ghost in Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. What it does is show us the name in which we should be baptized. And what was said cannot be changed because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It must remain the same from Pentecost until the final elected one has been baptized into his body. Paul tells us that many will come in the last days and pervert the gospel of the kingdom of God. Read Galatians 1.8. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. God did not send an angel to preach the gospel. Instead, he sent his only begotten son into the world to preach the gospel. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 to 15, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose ends shall be according to their works. What did Jesus preach? He preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. What is the gospel? The word gospel means good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost, and Jesus is coming soon. And sooner than many think, if anyone should have any misconstrued ideas that there is historical proof of water baptism in any other way than that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I would advise such misguided persons to read historical material pertaining to this matter. The following is a true account of a baptism which took place in Rome AD 100 and was reproduced in Time Magazine on December the 5th, 1955. The deacon raised his hand and Publius Decius stepped through the backstream door. Standing waist deep in the pool was Marcus Vasca, the wood seller. He was smiling at Publius, who had waded into the pool beside him. Quidus, he asked. Credo, responded Publius. I believe that my salvation from Jesus the Christ, who was crucified under Pontius Pilate, with him I died that with him I may have eternal life. Then he felt strong arms supporting him as he let himself fall backwards into the pool and heard Marcus's voice in his ear, 
I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus as the cold water closed over him. Since then, the truth has been lost and did not return until this last age or that period from Nicaea to the turn of this century. But up to that time, period in time, people were baptized in the name of Jesus. Thus it was man who changed the plan of salvation as well as the mode of baptism. Yes, if there were three gods, you might very well have baptized for a father, a son, and a Holy Ghost. But the revelation given to John was that there is one God, and his name is Jesus. Thus, we baptize for one God and one only. That is why the apostle Peter baptized, as he did at Pentecost, the resurrected Lord opened the understanding of the disciples that they might understand the scriptures. We read in Luke 24, 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And that's where it all began, at Jerusalem. Please note the word his, not them, meaning there is only one God. We believe in the oneness doctrine, which was, as we read in Acts 2.36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know surely that God hath made that same Jesus, whom he hath crucified both Lord and Christ. If Jesus was manifested in the flesh and was both Lord and Christ, then he, that is Jesus, is and can none else be the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We read in 1 Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. It is not God in three persons, but one God, one person with three major titles and with three offices manifesting those titles. If that doesn't show clearly the true revelation of the Godhead, nothing will. Lord is not another one. Christ is not another one. This Jesus is the Lord Jesus Christ, one God. We read in Isaiah 44, 6, Thus said the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. And beside me there is no God. The Lord Jesus said this of himself. It occurs three times in Isaiah and three times in Revelation. One day Philip spoke to Jesus. We read in John 14, 8 through 9, Lord, Show us the Father, and it sufficed us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that had seen me had seen, that seen the Father. And how says then thou, Show us the Father? God cannot be put into three persons or three parts. We read Acts twenty-two sixteen, 16, where Ananias told Paul, And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. It was not the baptizing which washed away the sins. Paul called upon the name of the Lord Jesus because it was the Lord's blood that washed away his sins. Baptism is a symbol of a good conscience toward God. Therefore, if Paul was baptized in Jesus' name, he certainly would not preach anything that he did not do himself. The one condition placed upon salvation which cannot be abrogated is for one to believe upon the Lord Jesus and he will be saved and his entire household as well. 
Take the case of Paul and Silas, who were imprisoned. While in prison, they sang hymns and prayed. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. The prison shook its very foundations. All the doors flew open, and the chains of the prisoners fell off. The jailer wakened to see the prison doors open, and assuming the prisoners had escaped, he drew his sword to kill himself. Reading Acts 16, 28 to 30. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm. We are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And that phrase should be imprinted upon every seeking heart today. To the jailer, Paul and Silas preached Jesus, who had been crucified and raised from the dead. The news he heard was certainly good. Reading John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the seventh verse, it reads, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. To be born of water is to be baptized in water by immersion and in the name of Jesus Christ. To be born of the Spirit is to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is speaking in an unknown tongue. Baptism is essential to salvation. It is a type of death burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. After the jailer and his family were baptized, he and his household rejoiced because all were now born-again Christians. Thus, we see that the name of Jesus plays a very important part in salvation, as we read in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We also read in 1 John 5, 7 through 8, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Who was the Father of our Lord Jesus? It was God the Father, a spirit. Jesus conceived that the Holy Ghost was born of the Virgin Mary. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and that Word was made flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, the Almighty God. And of course, the Holy Ghost is a spirit. Read verse 8, And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. Today, we still have water baptism. We have the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from all sins. And we still have the spirit to guide us into all truths. In other words, these three equal one. The new birth of water, spirit, and blood cannot be separated. What God has joined, let no man put asunder. The blood is in the name, the name that one takes on in water baptism. For without that shedding of blood by Jesus, there could be no remission of sins. It must have made a difference because the apostle baptized only in the name of Jesus. Here is another questioning thought. Why don't we anoint for healing in the titles? All power in heaven and earth is in the name of Jesus. That is the answer. We read in Colossians 3, 17, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Yes, telecast viewers, through Jesus, you not only magnify the Father, but you also give thanks to God the Father through Jesus. We also read in James 5, 13 to 14, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. It says here to lay hands upon the sick and call for the elders, not every Tom, Dick, and Harry. An elder or an apostle is one who is really chosen of the Lord and endued with the authority to call forth for that power from on high and the miraculous gifts of healing. And we can all be rest assured that the Lord will resound to the prayers of divine healing from His anointed ones.
Oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, and among the Jews, oil was used as a medication. We read verse 15, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Sickness is not necessarily a punishment for or the result of a specific sin, although it could be. In such a case, if the sickness is the result of a sin, the prayer answered in regards to healing will also be the answer in regards to the forgiveness of the sin or sins committed. Forgiveness, of course, comes through the blood of Jesus. Remember, it is not the elder that heals, it is God who heals. For the effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We have heard people say that they have been born of the Spirit, but Jesus said all must be born of the water and of the Spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. Water and Spirit go together like love and marriage. One cannot be separated from the other. Jesus himself, a sinless man who needed no repentance, was baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. Reading Matthew 3, 16, 17, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I know, viewers, that you have heard people say you can be baptized any way you so desire, such as by having water sprinkled or poured upon you, as well as by immersion. However, Romans 6, 3-5 declares, knowing not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now the Israelites were baptized unto Moses. They were drawn into a oneness with him that night because they had not gone through the same experience together. God reckons that every Christian has died with Christ on the cross. We are one with him. Having received his very life, God says we are members of his body, flesh of his flesh and bone of his bones. Reading 1 John 3, 23, Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Many brand us as Jesus only. However, this verse tells us if we have the Son, we have the Father, and we also have the Spirit. Thus we are complete in Him. Who is the head of all principality and power? We certainly praise the Lord for being Jesus only. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for the revelation of the three in one. Surely this knowledge and spiritual endowment must come from God and not from human wisdom. Reading 1 Corinthians 3, 3, 12, 3, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Therefore, when we speak of oneness, we cannot omit Christ the Messiah. On May 14, 1948, the formation of the State of Israel was announced. Jews all over the world rejoiced to hear the good news. Palestine became the center of widespread attention. It seemed that the hopes of generations of Jews were being fulfilled. Alas, God's earthly people would have a homeland. But what of the hope of the Messiah? The prophets of old had spoken of the coming of a great leader. He will be sent by God to rule over his people. It is not surprising, therefore, that there is a renewed interest in the coming of the Messiah. The questions most commonly asked are, who is the Messiah? How can I know the Messiah? And when will the Messiah come? There are many prophecies in the Word of God that tell of the coming of God's anointed one. Let's look at the definition of the word Messiah. The word Messiah means the anointed. To confirm this, let us read in John 1, 40 to 41. 
one of the two which heard John speak and followed him, was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first finded his own brother Simon and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. We also read in John 4, 25 and 26, The woman said unto him, that is Jesus, I know the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Therefore we find substantiations in the word of God by which the Messiah can be positively identified. First, he was born in Bethlehem. This was foretold by the prophet Micah, as you read in Micah 5, 2. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. You ask, where was the son the entire time previously? As the only begotten son, he was in the bosom of the father. Secondly, the prophecies declared he was to be born of a virgin. We read in Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us in the person of Jesus Christ. Please note the word said virgin, not woman. Any woman can have a child, but for a virgin to have a child, that is a miracle indeed. Read in Jeremiah 31, 22, How long wilt thou go about, O thou backsliding daughter? For the Lord hath created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall compass a man. What God is making known here to us is that a woman would yet pass a man, yet conceive and bring forth a man-child without male parentage. In other words, he would be entirely of the seed of a woman. Thirdly, he would be the seed of Abraham. Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, we who are of the faith become the children of Abraham and therefore are spiritual Israelites. Fourthly, he was to be from the tribe of Judah. We know that Jesus Christ is the lion from the tribe of Judah and from the root of David. And that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was of the tribe of Judah. The fifth qualification is clearly stated in Isaiah 9-7, which says he would be from the house of David. And finally, the sixth qualification is he must be of God as found in Isaiah 9-6. The person fulfilling this sixfold description has already come in the person of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And now if you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and view this telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Blehan Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. And now our church band will conclude our program with a medley of Christmas favorites, including Joy to the World, Silent Night, and we wish you a Merry Christmas.
preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.